Let's go ahead and read our verse together. It's Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Forgotten anything, forgive me, but uh, I think that's about it. We started this series before our summer series on what does it mean to be a role model? Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, gives us this example that he was trying to be. And this is where the series we're going to continue now, going into this fall for a few weeks. He says this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And to just reiterate something at the beginning of this series again. And by the way, on your lesson sheets, I made a mistake, which is normal. Um, I have lesson three. It's actually lesson four. So when it says lesson four, that's correct. God have fixed it for me, so I appreciate that. But when we think about this lesson, follow me as I follow Christ. You are a role model. People are watching your life. Your children, often as they continue to grow a little older, will follow what you have done or haven't done. That's a positive example or a negative example. Okay? And ultimately, from that perspective, is you're going to do things. You will struggle in life. You're, no one's perfect. I am so grateful that Pastor Jonathan made it clear that we're all sinners. Just like Levi running around right now. He's having a great time. Hey, Levi, go to your mommy. I love it when kids are here. It doesn't bother me at all. Okay? I love that. But, but you're going to do things that are good, and you're going to do things that are bad. No one's perfect as a parent. Okay? There are no perfect parents. Amen? Amen. Okay. But we should be striving, every single one of us, to live for Christ and be a role model with others. Do not take the easy road. And shift it to God. Don't look at me. Look at him. I'm not your role model. God is. So follow him. And Paul says stop. You should follow Christ. And be a role model. For others to follow. Period. Don't shift it to somebody else. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Focus on being like Jesus. And a role model of Jesus. <laughs> So as a parent, you're a role model of Jesus to your kids. As a grandparent, you're a role model of Jesus to your kids and grandkids. You want to be that in everything that you do. You want to do it for your neighbors because people are watching you. You want to do it at the workplace because people are watching you. You know, we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not undercover Christians. We shouldn't be, right? And I'm so grateful for Pastor Jonathan's message this morning because it dovetails 
specifically into our lessons today. Ephesians 6, 7 says, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord and not people. And you know what he's talking about here? Who's he talking to? Can someone tell me, who's he talking to here? He's talking to Christians. At your workplace, you may have a crummy boss. You may have a great boss. It's not about doing it for your boss. It's doing it for your Lord. That's the key. Otherwise, it's even wives, husbands. Husbands, you submit to Christ. Wives, you're submitting to your husband at times. As in everything the Bible says. But you know what? Sometimes your husband may not be worthy of submitting to. I'm not hearing anything. Yeah. But you know what? You do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. We submit to others in authority over us, not because they deserve it, but because it honors God. It's a form of worship to God. And as we, all of us, children, obey your parents in the Lord. But this is right. You do it in the Lord. Because sometimes moms and dads don't always get it right. Amen? But our job as a follower of Christ, our responsibility is to follow him. And do it as serving the Lord, not people. What does it mean to be a servant or a servant leader? If I'm going to be a role model of a servant or a servant leader, what does that look like? It's one who puts the needs of others before their own. This is a theme I did it in the last lesson. I want to reiterate the first again. Someone read Philippians 2, 3, 4. So we do nothing out of selfish ambition. It's not about me. It's not about my vain conceit, like, look at me on all I've done. Rather, humbly value others, serve others above yourself. It's one who helps and meets the needs of others. And what, what do they need? How can I serve them? Husbands, how can I serve my wife today? Not, how can she serve me today? Wives, how can I serve my husband today? Parents, how can I serve my children today? Okay. Children, how can I serve my parents today? Can I get an amen to that one? You know? Yeah. Serving in the home is sometimes the hardest place to serve. Yeah. Can someone, that's a phenomenal statement. Serving in the home can be one of the most challenging places to serve. Why? So there's no escape. <laughs> there's no escape. <laughs> it's not viewed as real work. It's not getting paid for benefits. Yeah, you're, it's not valued as real work. You're not getting paid or benefits for serving in your home. When you do the dishes, someone's not necessarily coming up and going, um, I, I, you, you've done a great job. You deserve a raise. It's not always a it's not always appreciated. These are things, and now I'm asking, pardon? I'm not speaking about art. Oh, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't hear it, she said, I'm not speaking about our home. Because <laughs> Mark always. <laughs> well, and Lou, there's no, that they know you. Yeah. 
There's no pretense. They know you. They know everything about you. And sometimes it just gets tiring. It gets exhausting. And that's where it's challenging. We have to keep on keeping on. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Tish. In Jesus' hometown, he says, that's why very few can be saved because they didn't want to follow him because they're in his hometown. They're, they're comfortable with him. Hey, aren't you Joseph's son? I've known you since you were a kid. Yeah, right. You're, you're God. Yeah. Familiarity breeds content, the old saying goes. Now, it's interesting. When we talk about salvation, Romans 10, 9, and 13... But Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth, depending on the translation, the Lord Jesus Christ, or that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay? What does that mean? Think about this. When you accepted Christ, is he the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he Lord? Do we even have a concept of that? In our culture today, we don't. Because we like to be free. Freedom! Right? We don't want people telling us what to do. We want to be autonomous. We want to be in control. We want to do what we want to do. Nobody has a right to tell me what to do. And if I do, I'm going to rebel. Okay? That is the exact opposite of what Christ is trying to teach us here. That the Apostle Paul is trying to communicate to us. I'm not in control. I'm not the one who's autonomous from God. I have an intimate relationship with God. That's what it means to be saved. John 15 says that God loved us so much that he laid down his life. For his friends. You are my friends, though, if you do what I command. That's where the rubber meets the road. Are we following God's commands? Or are we doing our own thing? Well, Lord, I went to church today and I gave some money. I'm good. Is that Lord? What, what, what in our minds do we go, this is what God gets and this is what I get? Those are tough things to answer. For all, for me too. There are times when Lou Whiter chooses voluntarily to rebel against God, his word, and do my own thing. Sometimes I, I get angry. Should I? Should I get angry, not about sin, but should I get angry without a reason? Is that sin? When I do it in an unrighteous way? Absolutely. If there's anything, if I get, if I, if I complain, and are, you know, if I, if I verbally assault the idiot that's in the car in front of me. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. They're not, they're creating the image of God. All these things, everything we do, we're followers of God, but 
And I want to make something really, really clear. Romans makes a clear path for us for salvation. The Bible makes it very clear that when you were saved, how many of you have trusted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior? Say amen. Amen. First John 1 John 1.8 says, if you say that you're without sin, you deceive yourself and the truth isn't in you. When you sin, you, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Okay? So all of us still, after following Christ, struggle with sin. And when we sin, we confess it before God. Amen? And does he, what does he do? He forgives us. Okay? The Bible talks about sins. And I want to make it clear that when the Bible talks about sins, he says, and such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, what he's saying is this. Your identity is in Christ when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You are his. You are a child of God. You're an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You're a child of the king. You're joint heirs with Jesus. I can go on. That's your new identity. That's who you are. I am a child of God. That's who you are. Does that mean that you're sinless? Do you do sins that, that in the Bible say condemns people to hell? Yes. yes. That's their identity. That's their identity. Because their identity is not in Jesus Christ. Okay? Murderers. Adulterers. It goes through a list of sins that we could name that we may have struggled with ourselves. Because remember, murder doesn't actually mean we've killed somebody. Okay? Adultery doesn't mean that we've had an intimate relationship with a person of the opposite sex. Literally. Because the Bible makes it clear that if you've lusted, you've committed it. But that's not your identity. Your identity now is in Jesus and what Paul's trying to admonish us is live like it. Live who you are. And so when we do this, he says, if, if you do this, you're my friends. What, do what I command. Does, is he saying, be perfect? Well, yes and no. He says, be perfect because your heavenly father is perfect. Be holy because your heavenly father is holy. But in this reality, he says, if you say that you're without sin, you deceive yourself and the truth isn't in you. So when you sin, you confess it. You're in relationship with me. Love that relationship with me. And enjoy it. It's from, it is a term of respectful self-depreciation. Okay? In other words, it's you personally, I respect God so much that I will, and others, that I will depreciate myself intentionally. In other words... I will, I, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to put myself down. I am not, going, I'm going to depreciate myself. I lift him up. I become less. He becomes more. But what does that mean? Real quick. What does that mean? It means he's 
He's first in your life, and you're second. So you, you put him first in your life. Jesus first in my life. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you talk about Lord and Savior, you know, we, we talk about people getting saved, and we leave out the, um, the Lordship. Right. And it's not like a two-step thing. I mean, you get saved, that's one thing. Boom, that's one thing. Now you start running the track. And it's the Lordship, your your desire to have the Lord lead your life. You're starting a new life all over again. Your salvation is secure because you're seated at the right hand of God in the heavens. Yeah. But now you've got a new life. You've got a new leader. And it's your desire, your heart is to follow after him first. So when you get saved, Mark's saying. You get saved. You're going to heaven. But now's that sanctification process of being conformed to the image of Christ through learning how to make him Lord. And it's a lifelong process. It doesn't happen overnight. And it's constantly challenging for all of us. What else does it mean? Yeah, Sish. Good word. Thank you for that, Tish. It's a leader who is in, in relationship with his people or family. I am a servant leader. How does it happen? How does a person become a servant leader? Yeah. I definitely think that it has to do with us allowing our allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us in our daily life. And that requires waking up every morning and saying, I surrender to whatever you have for me today. Let me be open to receive what you've written in my planner overnight while I was sleeping and give me those God moments that when I go out today, I can minister to other people without being inhibited by my own agenda, uh, by the Holy Spirit. That can only reveal that to me because I love you and you love people. So therefore, let me show that love to other people by surrendering to what your Holy Spirit has to reveal to me today. Awesome. Is that relying to the, on the Holy Spirit, dying to self every single day. It's making a choice to let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, work through you. And you and you lead by example then, as a servant leader, you're serving others, helping them in that whole process of helping them become sanctified as well. It says, this is the body. We work together. Amen? We encourage it. You, what an encouragement. I, I can't even describe to you the encouragement of seeing you here today. We didn't know who would come, but you came. That encourages me. I hope it encourages you. But you know what? Just to be encouraged, so what? But if I'm encouraged to follow the Lord and his word even more because you're here. And you choose. You're like, wow. You know, I, I learned something today. I, I was able to share something today. I was able to... Engage something that I can maybe use this week with sharing with others, and then it just snowballs, and everybody is using their gifts and talents and abilities 
and together we serve the Lord and we become more conformed to his image. And one day we're going to celebrate in heaven. Amen? Amen. Is anybody else ready for heaven? Woo! You know? Hallelujah. Um, the only ones that aren't excited about that are the ones who are about ready to go on a honeymoon or something. <laughs> Wait a while, Lord Jesus. <laughs> the example of Jesus Christ as a servant and servant leader. See, what I want to do in this series is I, I want to talk about a, a topic. And then I want you to, he says, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. So I want to look at the example of Christ. And then how do we actually follow this example to be a role model to others? So I want to look at this. Jesus, although he was God, became like us in the flesh to serve humanity. Now, we know this passage, but here's my point. If Jesus was willing to leave the portals of heaven, the beauty, the majesty, the glory, the holiness of heaven, to be born and go through 40 weeks gestation in Mary, to be born as an infant in a manger, to grow up for 31 years having to go through puberty, having to go through all the things that boys of his day had to go through to ultimately be mocked and crucified because that is what he was called to do. That's why he came. He became like us. So then, if I'm going to be a role model of Jesus, why would I want to separate myself from those who need Jesus? Because they look different, act different, smell different, or whatever. The only way that I can truly make a difference in someone's life is to be around them. The only way you are going to make a difference is to be with people. That doesn't mean that you have to act like them. Jesus didn't act like us, did he? It doesn't mean you have to smell like them, though you might. It doesn't mean that you have to fit in with the crowd. Jesus didn't fit in with the crowd, but he hung out with the crowd and was criticized for it. But his intention is completely different. Young people that are here, all of us that are here, what was the reason why Jesus hung out with sinners? To share the gospel. So that they may hear the truth of the word of God. That's intentionality. I want to be with people so that they can hear the gospel. So that they can hear the good news. How do I do that intentionally? Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. He became nothing to be a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I want you to see some key words here, okay? Have the same mindset. As Christ Jesus, have the mind of Christ. 
In other words, in everything that I do, forgive me, Lord. When I'm not a husband, forgive me, Cheryl. When I'm not a husband who doesn't have the mind of Christ. We all want equality. Jesus said, I don't care about equality. Yeah. Thank you. 
This is what we do here. We learn from each other to be able to say, wait, what are we really talking about here? What does it mean? And that's why we meet together, not to hear me lecture, but to develop brothers and sisters in Christ who are really learning from each other and growing from each other. And it also, not only that, he, says, he didn't consider equality with God as something to use his own advantage. Okay, you'll see in the lesson, we, I, I use this phrase later on. Let me put my glasses on here so I can actually see it. Okay. What we're doing, if I can find it here quickly. It's letter C under number three. Eliminate the idea that life must be fair. You think if Jesus thought life should be fair, <laughs> you think he even went to the cross? Huh? No. no. And as we look at this, he says, you know what? I'm willing to not say, you know what? I'm God and you're not. Bang, you're dead. Could he have done that? Yeah. And he did. He humbled himself and became obedient. Yeah. Excellent point, Mike. It will be fair one day. Every God will set everything in order. Everything will be right. But we have to be patient until that day comes. And we have to endure as a good soldier to be faithful. Jesus, although he was not, I heard that well. He started giggling because he knows exactly what I'm doing. It's 1156. So I. We know where we're going with this. Welcome back to Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> Although he was God, became like us in the flesh to serve humanity. He humbled himself. He was obedient. Okay? It, it was not prideful. It wasn't my way or the highway. You do what I say. No, no. Not as I do. He humbled himself. He was obedient. Who was he obedient to? The Father. He obeyed the Father. Men, husbands, obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Be that role model in your home. If you're single, if you're young, unmarried, obey. The Lord Jesus Christ in everything you do. He died to himself both emotionally and physically. He died to himself emotionally. He was God. Yet he gave up his rights. He didn't go with his feelings. Well, I feel. He didn't go by his feelings. He went by truth. Physically, he was willing to go to the cross. How can we follow his example in our service to others? That's the thought we're going to leave with today. How can I follow Jesus 
in my service to others. How can I follow Jesus in my service to others? What does that look like? And yet, at the same time, I'm piggybacking off what Laura shared. God never intended anyone in this room to be abused. And I'm not talking this about physically. You know what? Christians can abuse each other. They can take advantage of each other. They can not do their part. Now, we, we come to the realization that, you know what? Life isn't fair. People won't sometimes do the right things. And we just continue to work and to pray and to encourage for everyone to do that. So in all of us, we do what we do for the glory of God in the service of others, while at the same time taking care of ourselves. Because what does the scripture say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like unto it. Love your neighbor. And if you're not loving and taking care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. And so that's why it's so important as a church. We do what we can to use our gifts and abilities in sacrifice and service to others to bless. Not one, not two, not 10%, not 20%. Let's do it 100%. And I admonish that here. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we worship you. And I pray that we worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you for the privilege of being able to come back to this classroom. Thank you for people who've taken time out of their busy lives to be here. But God, I pray that they didn't come to hear me. I pray that they came to hear you. Lord, may they not be obedient to me. May they be obedient to you. But God, help me to lead my life in such a way that I can say as Paul, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. And may each of us in this room, regardless of our age, whether we're 10 or 100, may we have all that same mindset that we can tell each other, follow me as I follow the example of Christ. We love you, Lord. We worship you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, forgive us for our sins. Help us to live for you each day. As we walk out of here today, may we be like Jesus and have the mind of Christ and serve others. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Have a great day.